Do you want to find yourself in the top 1% of our industry? Our industry is real estate, of course. Have you ever thought what it means to be in the top 1%? I think the answer will surprise you, and you're going to find the answer today. Uh, I'm Josh Bickford. This is the In Bloom Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the top 1%. Uh, the reason we're going to talk about this today is today is the In Bloom Podcast's 21st episode. And a couple of weeks ago, um, I was watching another podcast, Ancient Wisdom, and they had a conversation about the top 1% of podcasts in the world. Um, I think you're going to get a kick out of this. 90% of podcasts never make it to episode three. Of the 10% of podcasts that do, 90% of those don't make it to episode or past episode 20. So if you make it to episode number 21, you have become one of the top 1% of podcasts in the history of the world. I know, you're clapping, clapping like crazy. And the podcast isn't about me, it's about you. Uh, but I thought we'd have some fun with that because it is ridiculous to think that 21 episodes put you in the top 1%. That is hilarious. Um, when people think of the top 1% in that field, they think of Joe Rogan. They think of that kind of thing. They don't think of, you know, somebody talking about assumable mortgages and thriving real estate and that sort of thing, um, who shares these live on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook. Like you would think totally differently. So I, I want to turn this to uh, real estate. Top 1% of real estate. I'm going to ask you questions today, and I want you to think through these uh, because I want you to see that the way that we process this idea in our industry is a lot different than the way our customers do. And if you really want to be in the top 1%, you should listen to your customers. I hope you could hear that on the mic. The customers are who matter, not, not, not your coworkers, not your broker, not, you know, the the CEO of your company or whatever. If you want to be in the top 1%, your customers are going to be who determines that. Ooh. All right. So in real estate, how do we classify the top 1%? I know you know the answer to this. It's the GCI. It's how much money you make. It's how many units you sell per year. It's the volume of business that you do. Um, you know, don't, in Atlanta, they called it realtor prom. Maybe they do it in your market as well. Do you have a big banquet every year where they celebrate the top 1% of agents and all that sort of thing? And it's always the same people every year. And it's always people who sell not a ton of units, but each unit they sell is a multi-million dollar house. So their volume is astronomical. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's what real estate thinks the top 1% is. Let me ask you this. Whatever client you're working with right now, or maybe you're working with five, if you ask them, I want you to answer it in that way, or maybe your last client if you don't have one currently. If you asked this person, what makes somebody the top 1% of the real estate industry, what do you think they would say? You think that they'd tell you it's the number of sales? You know, what makes a realtor a top one percenter? Is it their income? Is it how quickly they close transactions? Is it how many deals they can juggle at a time or how many people are on their team? 
Or do you think it might have something to do with the level of service they provide? With the guidance that they give to people who are in the process of going through the biggest transaction of their lives? Do you think they talk about how they treat people? Those top 1% of people in the industry? Do you think their knowledge might come into play? Does the top 1% know more than the other 99? Does the top 1% understand things where maybe they can do a deal a little bit differently? Say an assumable mortgage or um, option consideration or, you know, this sort of thing? Maybe they, do they have insight into the local community? They know of issues with the school board or um, that there's new construction getting ready to happen that's going to remove the views from one side of the building. So you don't want to buy there. Um, the fact is, the top 1% of any profession has nothing to do with their income. It, it has to do with the level of service that they provide, with the information that they give, with the, uh, with the products that they create, whatever that industry is. Um, Apple is not in the top 1% of computer companies because of how much money they make. It's because of how incredible the products they make are, how incredible their marketing is. Um, you know, their, their supply chain, like trying to keep up with that is crazy. If you, if you really think about all the pieces that have to move together to get that many iPhones, just iPhones, into that many people's hands. It's, it's wild. You're crossing oceans and languages and laws and rules and it's crazy. Um, there was a story uh, here in Denver on the news a few months ago that really struck me. And I think this is a good example of what it looks like to be a top 1% agent. They were talking to two different agents. <clears throat> One agent operated down in Douglas County, which is kind of like, um, this is, we're going to get into politics a little bit here because that's what the story's about. But um, kind of more conservative in nature. Uh, when you drive through there, you're probably, a few years ago, probably likely to, yeah, I mean, heck, you're probably likely to see Trump signs still down there, to be honest. Not everywhere, but it's your, you know, it's your more conservative suburb where people move for good schools and it's a little wealthier and all that kind of stuff. And they had another agent who was up near Boulder, which is basically San Francisco, if you're unfamiliar. You know, if, if you wear shoes and eat anything but granola, you're probably not going to fit in up there kidding. Actually, I think Boulder's awesome. Um, but they interviewed these two agents and they were talking about the shift in the market. And both of them talked about such different things that they were seeing. It was crazy. Uh, the, the agent who was down in Douglas County was older and she talked about people moving that way or leaving Colorado for Florida in search of freedom and autonomy and wanting to not be told how to live their lives. And they asked the agent who was in Boulder about that. And, you know, it was like the the person interviewing her was speaking Mandarin, uh, just didn't register. She didn't understand that at all and didn't know why somebody would think you need to leave Colorado for freedom uh, and didn't know why someone would want to live in Douglas County, all that kind of stuff. Um, it was it was really eye opening because I, I don't operate in a place where I don't understand or I don't try to understand the way other people see the world. Uh, or that I think that they're trying to do something nefarious. I, I don't believe that. I think they're doing the best they can uh, with what they have. 
it was crystal clear. She couldn't, she couldn't see beyond her own viewpoint at all. <clears throat> Are you somebody like that? If you get into a conversation with somebody who completely disagrees with you, are you able to bridge that gap? Are you able to try to understand where they're coming from? Or do you throw your hands up and walk away? Or you tell them they're an idiot? Um, you know, would the top 1% of real estate agents be able to conduct business with people who you agree with and you disagree with? Would you be able to understand where they come from? Does the top 1% of agents have no idea what's coming. Do the top 1% of agents understand the relationship between mortgage rates and real estate values? Do they understand the parts of town that are moving quickly and the parts of town that aren't? Do they know the high crime areas and the non-high crime areas? Or maybe the low crime areas? You obviously don't redline those, but do you know them? Do you have an understanding of laws and rules that are being changed within the industry, currently within your state? Are you doing the work to be in the top 1% of agents? when it comes to the viewpoint of your customers. Personally, I think you're sitting here having coffee with me, learning about all kinds of stuff that nobody else is talking about. Uh, you're looking to peer around the corner. You're looking to see what's coming. I think that you're one of those people, very likely. Now, you could also be one of those people who's watching this so that you can attack me in the comments. Haven't had a lot of that yet, but I don't think I'm immune from it. I mean, everybody gets that on the internet. Are you prepared for that? Do you think the top 1% of agents have people who disagree with them? Do you think the top 1% of agents are too busy providing amazing service to care? I do. I do for sure. I think the top 1% of real estate agents understand what was, and not just last year, last month, maybe the 1970s, hint. Uh, they understand what was. They understand what is, and they have a good understanding of what they think is coming. Nobody knows the future, but you don't have to be a genius to kind of figure out the direction things are heading. Do the top 1% of agents care more about the outcome for their customers or the commission check that they're gonna get? Do the top 1% of real estate companies uh, look to take advantage of people or are they looking to provide service so as to be referred? What do you think in a client's eyes would be their answer for this is the top 1% of real estate agents? This is what they do. You should ask yourself that question a lot. Uh, if, if local expertise is something, you need to know how to forecast within your local market. You need to know exactly what's going on within your local market. I've made something for you with that. You can go to my website, joshbrickford.com, to take a look. Um, does a local agent understand economically what's going on? 
on some level. You don't have to be an economist. Um, frankly, economists get it wrong all the time. But you do have to accept kind of where we are and kind of have an understanding of what has to happen next. What kind of news sources, what kind of information sources do you use to become one of those top 1% of agents? Because you need to get information from all types. People who see it positively, people who see it negatively. People who are bullish, people who are bearish. You got to listen to everybody. And then you have to use your brain to figure out who's made the better argument, what makes the most sense. What are the motivations of these people? You know, a lot of a lot of data we get in real estate right now is filtered through it's a good time to buy a house right now. Is that the best filter for real estate to be filtered through? Are our clients going to appreciate if we filter data through that filter in a couple of years if the market deflates and they're in trouble and they feel like they really screwed up in buying a house? Are they going to appreciate that you filtered information through that? Or would they prefer that you filtered through what is and you gave them a wide open look at what is coming? If you want to be in the top 1% of agents, you can't do what everybody else is doing. Your business isn't going to look like everybody else's business. And the service you provide isn't going to look like everybody else's. Yours is going to stand out. You will get feedback about that. And you will, you will hear people that tell you that you're an idiot. And you will hear people that tell you that they've never experienced anything like it. Uh, the company I used to work at was founded by a guy who became one of the top real estate agents in the country. And they really did it by helping the little guy. And they would help renovate their houses up. They would cover the costs of that. And then they would list it, sell it for more, and settle at closing. People who are selling a $10 million house expect that kind of thing. People who are selling a $200,000 house have never experienced that. And they found if they put granite counters in and replaced the carpet, it might cost them three grand, but the person would sell it for $20,000 more. Obviously, the people were freaking thrilled and their business exploded. Of course, there were times that it didn't work and they just ate the cost and saw it as a cost of doing business. But when you're doing a lot of business, you can do that and it's not going to kill you. If you're not doing any business, that wrecks you, you know. So being in the top 1% also means you got to do some business. You could cover the cost of people's moves. When I moved to Colorado, we used bellhops. That was fantastic. When I move away from this house, I'm using bellhops again. That was awesome. You can find new ways to do transactions. You can find new ways to be creative. Maybe you want to work with investors all the time. Those are the people you, you want to take all the emotion out of the home buying purchase and have it just make sense on an Excel spreadsheet. You can build your business around that and be the very best person in the world at that. Pursue it. Pursue the greatness of that. Become the source for any investor in your area who wants to do what it is that you're great at. Become the person that everyone wants to work with. Be the top 1%. If you got value out of this today, subscribe, like, leave a comment. Apologies. Um, share this with a friend. Not only are you sharing information that you think that they could use uh, that will help them, 
you're putting them in touch with one of the top 1% of podcasts in the history of the world. <laughs> I'm going to have fun with that for a while. So um, <clears throat> we are just beginning here. I'm so excited. This is a daily conversation about thriving in life and real estate. We're going to take a peek around the corner. Uh, the goal that I have written on the screen of my computer right now is to help 10,000 agents thrive entering 2025. And the reason I want to do that is because if they're thriving, they are helping lots and lots of people. And I see uh, that as a path to help a million families who are really going to need it over the next couple of years. That is the work we are doing here. I'm so glad you've joined me. Can't wait to see you again next week for episode 22 on Monday live, 9 a.m. Mountain. Um, and whatever time that is where you're watching will be available shortly thereafter on the audio platform of your choice, or you can catch us on YouTube, <clears throat> Facebook, or LinkedIn anytime. I appreciate you. I hope that this has been a tremendous week for you, and I hope that today is one of the best days of your life. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.